Then the second time we had a meeting at the table, I don't know why I keep continuing to treat you so bad crying at the table. I had the straightest face on me saying, okay, and the nominees for the Grammy Award goes to Step One. (laughs) (laughs) You're listening to the Nacho Kids Podcast, where we discuss all things Step Family related. Real stories, real people, real help. Your hosts are the creators of the Nacho Kids Method and the Nacho Kids Academy Step Family Coaching Team, Lori and David Sims. Hello, hello, hello. David? <laughs> Is that my cue? Yes. Okay. Hello. <laughs> Sorry, folks. I have to tell him what to do. <laughs> All the time. All the time. All day, every day. That's right. So what we got going on, David? Oh, we had the pleasure of having dinner with Claudette Chenevere, the stepmom coach, and her dear husband. <laughs> yeah, we did. We uh, we figured out that we liked the dessert better than anything else. Yes, we went to this restaurant, and the dessert pieces were enough for three people. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding. We should have just started with that. Started? That's how we should have ate. <laughs> But it was really good. Yep. And it was nice to see her and Bernard, as usual. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're actually leaving to go to another, well, it's a group of stepmom coaches and such. It was going to be a conference, but. Yes. So I'm going to hang out with Laura Petherbridge and Melanie Anthony and some stepmoms in Tennessee. Cool. When you hear this. I will be there. <laughs> yep. And I will be here. Yep. And that Saturday night, you will be doing a men's only coaching call for That's the right. Academy. That's right. Inside the Nacho Kids Academy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The cat will be away and the mice will play. So y'all, David moved his desk and stuff upstairs <laughs> away from me. Yeah. We used to share an office. For Over a year, year and a half. Yeah, it's been a challenge. I would say more challenging for me. Yeah, I say so too. Especially when I'm trying to edit podcast and he's talking to somebody or eating yogurt. (laughs) (laughs) I noticed that the other day. I know. That's why I brought that up. So I did it more. That's annoying. Why would you do that? (laughs) You wanted to be up here, didn't you? No. Fine. We're hoping the absence will make the heart grow fonder. Well, there is that, you know, since we both work from home all the time now, we have no break from each other. Nope. Sort of. Sort of. But, you know, we kind of go off on our own, do our own little things. You you do your little ceramics and disappear off into nowhere land mentally. <laughs> yes, that happens. But it was, it. I mean, I enjoyed having you there. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, with what I'm trying to do versus what you're doing, like trying to write a blog, I have to focus. Yeah. And your phone ringing or beeping. Which it never stops. Never, ever, ever. Yeah. No, it's a challenge. I mean, I tried to share an office with somebody before. and um, Yeah, but I couldn't share an office with that person for (laughs) nothing. (laughs) I mean, I'm not kidding, folks. If you gave me a million dollars, I could not share an office with this person. (laughs) Yeah, there's that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just it's just uh, it's just not conducive to the type of work we do. You know, you need to be focused and you need to not be interrupted. And, you know, unfortunately, 
you just can't, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. So, huh? So here we are. So here we are. And it's funny because I noticed if you're working and I ask you something, you would get irritated. Mm-hmm. But if I'm working on something and you can obviously see when I'm editing a podcast, you come over there and hug on me. And I'm like, do you not see me working? Yeah. I figured if you don't respect me working, why should I respect what? you? <laughs> <laughs> David. What? Oh, Lord, help my soul. So anyway, we're in separate offices now. Yep. Yeah, I told when I was moving the stuff, the desk and everything, Jackson comes in. He goes, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, me and your mom separating. <laughs> and he's like, for real. And I'm like, for real. She and I are separating. And he goes, for real. <laughs> I said, we're separate. We're moving in separate offices. And he's like, why? I said, because it's not easy for both of us to concentrate and work when somebody else is in the office. He goes, oh, okay. <laughs> it's like he got worried there for a little bit. Yeah, he's thinking, what? <laughs> he's like, you mean I'm going to have to share my time with the dog? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Will you uh, let us have joint custody of Zeba? Yeah. <laughs> Sweet baby girl. We left today and came back. And y'all, I don't know what she did. None of us know what she did, but she looked guilty as sin. Yeah, you ever had those times when you walk in the house and the dog just looks guilty? And you know, somewhere, the dogs tore something up. Peed in the pe- bed. Yeah, or peed somewhere. And you're like walking around everywhere going, where is it? I know you've done something wrong. <laughs> Never could find it. No, no. Hadn't stumbled across anything yet. But um, yeah. So- do you have a new uh, a new winner for this week? I do. Sweet. Let's, Are you trying to rush me, Dave? I'm not trying to rush you, but I do like this part. I like, I like being the guy who gives out the gifts, like Santa Claus. <laughs> <laughs> okay. The winner of this week's Sylvia Krakauer Nacho Kids Academy Scholarship is, drumroll, <laughs> Chrissy G., Congratulations, Chrissy G. Congratulations, girl. Check your email. I will be sending you a note. <laughs> Drum roll sound like a Volkswagen. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I could get out. <laughs> yeah, we're recording this at night. Sorry. You can tell because I'm like depleted. I'm just proud of you for using that word. Depleted? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I'm kind of defeated too, so. <laughs> depleted it. <laughs> depleted it. Yeah. Y'all know we like to make up words. <laughs> yeah. All right. What kind of interview we got going on today? We got an interview with a man. What? Uh-huh. Check it out, y'all. We got some men showing up on here. Mm-hmm. This is Stepdad John. <laughs> Why are you saying it like that? Well, no reason. <laughs> Maybe because my daddy's name is John. I was going to say it's because your dad's name John. Yep. I'll be like, hey, Daddy John. <laughs> I did ask John if he would adopt me. Why is that? Because he kept talking about his theater room in his house. Oh, this is John. Yeah. I remember John. You were on this one, David. I was on this one. Y'all, I found John in a Facebook group. He had made a post about stop trying to push the relationship between your stepkid and stepparent. And so I sent him a Facebook message, and I'm like, hey, dude, want to be a guest on our podcast? He's like, sure. 
John had never heard of the Nacho Kids method. Mm-hmm. John desperately needs to implement the Nacho Kids method. Yes, he does. After talking to him, he is one of the very few men that we have talked to that experience the same crap most of the stepmoms do. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the whole time. I mean, as you're listening to this, if you've listened to any of the other podcast episodes, you're going to hear a very familiar theme. Mm-hmm. So it's not just stepmoms, y'all. We finally found a guy that was willing to talk about the crap going on in his house. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, a lot of it is exactly the same. Sometimes people experience it differently, but for John, he's not. He's experiencing it the same as a lot of stepmoms. Mm-hmm. And and when you listen to his story, you kind of get the feeling that the stepmom in the situation, well, I guess the bio mom in the situation is kind of like the daddy is a lot of times. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a it's just kind of a reversal, not necessarily a role reversal, but just the reversal of of who feels like they're the odd man out, you know, literally. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and who feels like they're the ones that get pushed to the side. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I am following John. So, John, if you hear this. <laughs> Don't turn around. <laughs> I'm stalking you. <laughs> we got to get you in the Nacho Kids Academy, man. I saw your post the other day, and it wasn't good. Uh-oh. So I'm going to be reaching out to John. Try to help John. Send him a Dear John letter. Yep, send him a Dear John letter before he goes <laughs> ballistic on everybody. Oh, goodness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can join the coaching calls from your theater room. Yeah. <laughs> oh, no. You know what we would look like blown up like that? <laughs> Probably look blown up like we do now <laughs> after eating all that cake. <laughs> oh, Lord. Okay. <laughs> Just a little intro. John has been blending for four years, and he is having some issues with stepdaughter 12. Mm-hmm. Well, he also said that the hardest part of what he's experiencing right now is the house rules and then the respect or lack thereof, mm-hmm. which, again, how many times have we heard the stepmoms? The stepkids don't respect me. Mm-hmm. There, there's no house rules. They run amok. I mean, <laughs> and you hear the step parents say, the bio parent don't do crap until it affects them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. John feels your pain. Yes, he does. So any other men that are listening to this and are struggling in your blend, if you can relate to John or even if you can't relate to John and want to be a guest on our podcast, contact us at contact us at nachokids.com. <laughs> How else am I supposed to say that? It's just funny when you say it. That's why we made it that way. I didn't say www. That's <laughs> true. Because there's not www. And I guess, Email us at that. I guess if you're a dude and you hear this on Friday, we have a coaching call on Saturday that's just for men. So if you're going to jump into the academy, it'd be a great time to do it. Do it now. Don't want to miss the call. Saturday, October 9th at 8 o'clock with Nacho Daddy. Yeah, 8 p.m. Eastern. Yes. Doors close at 8 10. <laughs> yeah. Doors close a little bit after, so get in there on time. Yeah. Yeah, we do lock the lock the room so that we don't have a bunch of stragglers rolling in and makes it difficult. Yeah. And Jenna, if you're listening to this, we are not calling you a straggler. <laughs> <laughs> or you either, Marty. <laughs> Speaking right. of, we do want to wish an Academy member some get wells. Yep. Marty. Dude, quit faking that crap and get better. (laughs) Get back to work. Milk it for all you can, Marty. 
Milk it for all you can. No, no, no. All right. All right. Let's get to listening to John. Okay. All right. Here we go. But first, here's a word about the Nacho Kids Academy. There is a way to save your sanity and your relationship, and it's called the Nacho Kids Academy. In the Nacho Kids Academy, you will learn the skills and knowledge to properly nacho, techniques to handle stepfamily challenges, ways to improve your communication, and much, much more. Visit NachoKidsAcademy.com and sign up today to join other step parents who are seeing the life-changing benefits of nachoing. Again, that's NachoKidsAcademy.com. Today we have stepdad John. Hey John, how are you? I'm fine. How are you doing? Good. So how long have you been blending, John? Um, for about four years now. And how many stepkids you got? I have two. Two stepdaughters. How old are they? One is twelve and one is twenty-one. All right. And do you have bio kids? Yes, I have two sons. One is twenty-four and one is twenty-seven. Okay. Your stepkids, I guess, is the oldest one moved out? Yes. Yes, both of my, um, yes, my stepdaughter, uh, she's in the Navy. She's moved out. Okay. And then your youngest stepdaughter, how often do y'all have her? Well, her mom, her bio mom has custody of her. So we always have her unless it's a holiday or school is out for a couple of weeks, like spring break or then the summertime, just recently. Okay. So she's with y'all all the time, basically. Yes. How far away does the bio dad live? We're about four states away. That's about nine hours. Wow. So I guess he doesn't get to see her very often. Well, before, um, yes, before we moved, yes. We um, got to see her every other weekend if he comes to pick her up. If he doesn't, he may see her once that month. Now, um, since things have been taken to court and everything, so he's able to see her the entire, this entire Christmas, summer, and spring break. And between the last few years, it's been zero. When did y'all move? We moved about about three years ago. Okay. And just recently you got the court order? Yes. Everything is, recently we've already been to court and everything. And um, before then... There were no contact. Um, they may call her mm, once a month, and then it'll go to three months. There's no phone call. Hmm. The bio dad, is he the one that wanted to go back to court? Yes. 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 He wanted her moved back to North Carolina. Oh. Even though he wasn't having any contact with her. Exactly. Everything was kind of great until, you know, he... Uh, got back into her life, uh, which I'm kind of glad because every daughter needs their dad, you know, their biological dad. Every parent needs their biological child, you know, to be with them. And that's when the you're not my father attitude, you know, started kicking in really hard. Mm -hmm. But before then, I walked into a room where she was talking to one of her friends and um, I'm asking her and I had to tell her, you know, what she needs to do. And before I could even walk away, she told the girl, you know, well, that's not my real dad anyway. <sighs> so it started before he got in. So, you know, I told the mom, but she kind of brushed it off. I'm the sole provider of the entire family, mm-hmm. which means income wise, I handle 
everything because I'm retired military and I'm a disabled veteran. And I'm in partnership with my own company, with a friend of mine in Atlanta. So I provide everything. Nobody has to pay for anything. So she, whatever she gets, she has is because I'm willing to provide and I go by. And I did spoil her some because, you know, I never had a daughter. And every dad would love to spoil the little girl something. Mm-hmm. But then she started acting like she was entitled after that for a while. So I had to stop giving. And that's when the resisting of anything comes through. Yes. You know, like today, yesterday, I said, um, hey, your dog's outside, your puppy, you may want to go pick up his poop. You know, he's out there. You know, you want to go, you know, tend to your dog. She, her eyes just looked up at me and then looked back down. And then she carried on with a conversation with her mom. And I just looked that way. And mom didn't say anything. But if I do not want to speak to my stepdaughter or be bothered with her, then I'm being mean. Mm-hmm. If I tell her she needs to make clean her room, mm-hmm. I'm being mean and judgmental. Or you need to clean your bathroom. I'm being mean. If I say something in a conversation and she jumps in and I tell her, hey, you're not supposed to comment in adult conversations and decision making, then I'm fussy at her. Mm-hmm. Right. So you're expected to do everything for this child except for parent her. There you go. I'm expected to do the good, but take a blind eye to the bad. Mm-hmm. And I have a little OCD. So I want things clean, 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 you know, even military clean, because I've talked her older sister into going to the military, like I've talked my son into going to the military. Once you finish college, just give me four years of the military. If I'm to help finance you on things and and do for you, you give me four years. That's all you have to do. Mm -hmm. So when I talked about her, which branch she wants to join when she graduate. And she was like, do I have to go? I said, you go to military or college. You got to go to one. I said, you can go to both. And mom just jumps in in front of me. Uh, uh, um, you can't make that decision. I'm like, what? <laughs> I feel your pain, John. I tell you. <laughs> you do? <laughs> I tell Lori all the time. I'm like, look, your son's 16. He's, he's early enough. It's, he can go ahead and sign up now. <laughs> yeah, and he, his job will be waiting on him when he turns eighteen, and she and she looks at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> but it's nothing wrong with it. I've done it. I was in Joint Task Force Unit. My uncle, he's a Green Beret. My dad was in the military. Both my uncles on both sides. Uh, my grandfather, my great grandfather, my cousins in the military. We all in the military. We all have wow. uh, very distinct, distinguished lives. We have great financial lives, and we all came from a very dirt poor, holes in the floor, wood stove, rats, roaches, criminal neighborhood. Mm-hmm. We all come from, I mean, even the hood had more than what we had. That's how poor we were, except for everyone that went to the military. You were subhood. There you go. So and That's called podunk. Don't you know it. <laughs> and I explained, um, well, I want what you have. I want the SUV you have. I want the little sports car thing that you have. Uh, I want the house and I want the jet ski. I said, okay, I want to live in Florida too. Oh, you do? I want to travel to overseas a little bit to Jamaica or whatever. Okay. If you want to do what I'm doing, what I did, you have to go through what I went 
well, why do I have to go through what you went through? Because that's what I want to get here. Other people go through other things to get there. This is what I went through to get here. If you want my money, my situation, my happiness that I provide for you guys, you have to go through my path because that's the only way I know because I went that direction. Yeah, but don't you know they want to shortcut that? They don't want to take 20 years to get there. They want to take two. Exactly. (laughs) And now that a friend of mine in Georgia and I have started our own business last year, oh, it's a big want, want, want everywhere. And I'm getting ready to invest in another business with the money I've made and leave own property. So I lease property out that I own. I don't even owe a dime on a property that we have. And we lease it out. And that's how much more income comes in. So I learned how to invest in something that makes three times the profit per money coming back in. And I don't have to owe a dime to the banks. And I try to teach and show them, but nobody wants to see. I guess they're just waiting for me to pass away so I can leave them. (laughs) But I've told them all, everything is willed to the grandkids. Because the kids will have a life and they will have a chance and be given an advanced chance than other kids to have a good life, a financial life, and a career life. And I guess they think that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, honestly, you're you're really hitting on a lot of, I think, cultural issues that we're having nowadays um, just with that with that age group, I believe. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They have a different opinion. I mean, I've got, I don't know if you've listened to any of the past podcasts where we talk about my kids much, but I have three in the military, three of my four in the military. And and even still, they have, not all of them, but they have this grandiose dream of, you know, getting out of the military and jumping out there and, and having a million dollars by the time they're 25. Not going to happen. Not that I, you know, I don't want to discourage their dream by no means, but at the Absolutely. same time, the reality, reality is there's not a high likelihood that it'll happen. So you kind of want to, you know, you don't want to crush their dreams, but at the same time, you want to say, look, your expectations might be a little bit high. <laughs> yes, absolutely. And you don't want people to not meet their goals and then just give up. You, you, I would rather have a, a kid that that didn't meet their goals, but said, well, I did my best and I still got further than I thought, but let me keep going. Yeah. But not everybody has that, that mental fortitude to do that. And it's kind of scary. You know, there, we live in a day and time where, you know, people start a YouTube channel from home and then two years later, they're, they, you know, millionaires. Yes. And a lot of kids look at that and they think they can do the same thing. Yes. And some of them are free that, of crashing or not getting somewhere because it's easy for a man to start with nothing and build way beyond having something than for a man to have something and to build beyond having what they have. Because the man that have nothing is not afraid of going back to the rock bottom. He knows how to keep from going back there. He's not afraid of his past but he knows mm-hmm. how to keep from his past. A man or a child that starts with actually something in their hands, they do not know how to keep it or build forward because 
they're afraid of losing exactly what's in their hand. They don't want to put it out and let it grow. They don't want to nurture it. They don't want to feed it because they're scared it's going to die. So they rather just keep taking from you because they know once it dies, it's gone. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You're, you're there with nothing. They don't know what nothing is. They don't know what less is. Right. You know, most of these kids out here that are fortunate. So how are they going to step out and build more if they don't know how to feel like having less? You have mm -hmm. to show them what's having less is. You have to bring them to a neighborhood where less is at. Mm -hmm. You have to have them have friends that have less and show them how to share with what they have. So their friends can also have more. That's how you build. But they're too hard-headed because they're into the games. They're into looking at YouTube. They're in a iPad. They're in a iPhone. They keep headphones on their ear all the time. Unless two grown-ups are talking and then they turn down the volume and they're too busy trying <laughs> to hear what your business is. And then later on, they go to one of the bio parents and says, hey, I heard you guys were talking about such and such. Why don't you do such and such? And I'm like, whoa, that's not your place. Mm -hmm. But then I'm told to chill out and calm down. <laughs> Back off, John. Back off. Yeah. Calm down, John. Calm down. Exactly. Well, let me ask you this. Yes. With your stepdaughter, when you tell her to do things, whether it's clean her room or go clean up the dog poop, whatever, and she basically ignores you and your wife doesn't stand up for you, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel very low. It makes me feel like an outsider. Mm -hmm. It makes me feel like um, I'm not a part of the family. Only when it's time to pay for something. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, you know, go somewhere. I mean, I play. I pay for her plane tickets when she goes to see her biological father. I pay for that. I pay for the gas when it's time to drive and meet. 99.9% of the clothes on her back, shoes on her feet, I pay for it. I take her shopping. I went and got her her first brassiere and panty match from Target and stuff with little designs on it because she's getting older. I go to the store and pick out all that stuff and bring it back and just lay it across the bed and say, here, a girl your age have stuff like this. You know, you're getting older. When it's time for her to have a certain book for her music class, she's waiting for the bio dad to send money. Never gets there. Never cash app is hers. Cash app, he's like, I am. I'm going to send it. Okay, it never gets there. So guess who has to buy it because she's going to class? Okay, thanks, Dad. All right, then it goes out the other ear. It's gone. Does your wife work? She's a realtor out here. When the pandemic hit, there was, oof, work got kind of slim and everything. Mm -hmm. So. Yeah. I'm just asking because I know a lot of times people keep their finances separately, where as if you and your wife both worked and you kept your finances separately, then you could say, not that you would or will, that you're working, you need to pay for your kid. Oh, it's coming. Because <laughs> things, things have started blowing up right now for her, which is good. So she's going to be good to go starting up soon. And um, like, hey, if she needs something, like, okay. Because things that she really doesn't need, I'll be like, well, has she called her father? I don't start saying that. I said I would never be the one to say it. Never be the one to say it. I don't know why I said never, 
because never wasn't meant for me in that situation because I will say it out loud in front of both of them. Have you called your dad? Have you texted your dad about it? Mm-hmm. Have you asked your dad? Right. When she's talking about, I got all these A's and a B because I pay for grades. Even though you're supposed to make them, if you get all A's, oh, I am going to shower you good because you worked hard. First thing she said, well, I have all A's and one B. First thing I said, have you called your dad? <laughs> um, no. Have you texted to him? Screenshot it to him? No. Okay. Then that's all I, that's all I say. Do you feel like or do you experience from her anything that feels like resentment because you are yes. able to provide for her that and her dad can't? So you're, you're kind of punished for being a good person. He owns his own business and he works somewhere else, has a very distinguished job. Okay. So there's no way on ground level that he cannot provide or give anything. Okay. So we're not, we're not dealing with a can't. We're dealing with a won't. He won't do it. There you exactly. There you go. How does she treat you knowing dad won't do it, but you will? Do you get punished for being the good guy in those situations? Oh, I get punished for being the guy here, period. Because we had a family <laughs> meeting and she said, I don't know why I treat you so bad crying at the table. And I'm like, the first time it happened, you know, I felt sorry. You know, I have a kind heart for, you know, little girls, you know. And I was like, okay. Okay. And the second time we had a meeting at the table, I don't know why I keep continuing to treat you so bad crying at the table. I had the straightest face on me saying, okay, and the nominees for the Grammy Award goes to Step North. (laughs) 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 But, you know, she may really not know why she treats you poorly, but it may be some underlying thing of her dad's not providing this stuff. You are. And so she's taking it out on you that he's not. Yeah. She resents her dad, but she's punishing you for it. Well, I don't know because she said to us and the mom, you know, what to her mom that she resented me because she couldn't see her dad or she hasn't seen her dad two, three years. You know, that's why she's acting like this way towards me. And I was like, I don't know what her dad is telling her. And I, it's none of my business. My business is only at my address. And I was like, you know, it's not fair. I do all I can. She has a cell phone where he can call and FaceTime her anytime. I pay the bill. I never once say, hey, he cannot call. You should not call him. Don't answer his calls. None of that. But I always get the foot in the face because she's not living with him. Now she asks to live with him. And of course, the bio mom said no. So guess who gets the punishment from that? Yeah. I do. Was it your idea or did y'all move because of your job or something like that to where she's looking at the move as your fault? Oh, oh no, oh no. When I met her mom (laughs) and we all got together, I said, I am looking for a wife, not a dating partner. I said, and I am moving to Florida within the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's all I said. That's it. I said, if you're okay with that, then we can continue and we can make this grow. I said, but I promise you, you will not have to worry about anything. We moved to Florida. You can take your time finding work because everything will be paid for. All of the bills will be paid for. You won't have to worry about no bills, no food, no anything. 
car, car insurance, everything is paid for. Mm -hmm. So we get here. She said, okay. They were all happy to move here because the bio dad had already moved out of state of North Carolina. Then he comes back. He wants her to come back. Oh. So, you know, we get here. Everything's going great. Mm, it was going a little worse when she started becoming older. And then when he came in the picture, it just all fell out the sky. And it's because she thinks I kept him away. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, sweetie, I didn't keep him away. Yeah. So just to make sure I understand, bio dad had moved out of the state that everybody was living in. Yes. He moved out of the state first. Okay. Then y'all moved. Yeah. He moves back and now he wants her to come back. And now she's mad because she can't go back. Yes. And she can't go back and live with them. I, when, you know, when she asked that question, I was in the back of my mind. I was doing cartwheels. I was doing <laughs> sky rockets. I had the 4th of July fireworks in the back of my brain. And then her mother was like, well, no, come home. We'll see how things go and everything first, you know, get you back home. I, it, all my hopes and dreams just shot down. <laughs> <laughs> I have to tell you this, John. We talk with so many stepmoms, but it's rare that we get to talk to a stepdad in your position because we hear the same things. The stepmom's like, oh, little Johnny wanted to go live with his bio mom. And I'm like, yes, please, God, please, God. And mm -hmm. then the you know bio dad's like, no, you're not going to go live with them. And she's like, darn, why not? And a lot of times the stepmom will even say, I think it would be best if little Johnny went and lived with their mom. Yeah, it's just the parents that have the problem, not the kids. The parents, when the parents have a problem, the child is either suffering or he's, you know, he's, he or she is torn back and forth in between because of the mm -hmm. attitude between the bio parent. Right. So did you tell your wife anything or did you say anything to your wife when stepdaughter mentioned going to live with her dad? No, I've learned to keep those opinions to myself because I was hit with the other day when they were mad at me. Oh, you just can't stand me or my daughter. I said that never came out of my mouth. I said, how can I not stand you or your daughter when you and your daughter is living like, the, you know, the Jeffersons and the Joneses? I, I said, uh, <laughs> I couldn't stand you. I'd be like, hey, you have to go. I was like, my stepdaughter has the entire upstairs in the theater room. Her bedroom is the size of a master bedroom downstairs. She has a master bedroom upstairs. John, will you be my daddy? <laughs> <laughs> the only reason she has that bedroom because of mom, it was supposed to be my office and I got ruled out, which I don't know how you get ruled out when you're buying a house. Yeah. Somebody been watching them. What is it? The housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or something like that. Yeah. And now that I've, you know, me and my partner, we own our own uh, streaming company and it's going great. I'm thinking they're getting more bougie and bougie by the minute. <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> it sounds like it. Yes. Yes. And then I guess they got upset because I put in the will. Everything is going to the grandkids only. Life insurance goes to mom, but everything goes to the grandkids only because the kids, because, you know, I, I'm not going to sit there and give my life's work to adolescents. 
that's all I'm going to say. <laughs> so when you talk about that, when you say the grandkids, do you mean if your stepdaughters have kids that you'll leave stuff to them too, or only your biological grandkids? No, I'm straight across the board. If my stepdaughter has a grandchild, yes, then it will get, their name will get added. The will will get redone. It will get added. You better be careful. She might be trying to have a baby. <laughs> well, the one that's in the uh, military, you know, she uh, she's doing great. You know, she listened to me and went, even though she still has her issues. But we get along way more better now because she will call me sometimes more than she would call her own mom. Mm-hmm. Things have gotten better. So, yes, if she has a child, yes, that child will get added on to it. I've actually gotten my stepdaughter and my granddaughter, their own LLC, and they have their own this um, screening business line for screening T-shirts and, you know, clothes and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And they have their own logo as well, which is trademarked. And Mm -hmm. guess what? They excited, wanted it, they have it, boom. Stepdaughter just is lazy, don't want to touch it, don't want to do anything with it, don't want to do nothing. I'm go- I was like, oh, I, I just, yeah. just can't believe, you know, you're doing me like this. I'm giving you a chance. I'm giving you chances that a lot of kids don't have. You're in, you were in middle school and you have your own company. Right. And you're throwing it all away because you decided you don't like me because now you're with your dad. And plus, like you said, she didn't work for it. Mm. People don't appreciate something that didn't cost them anything. Exactly. So I'm the overseer. So I will, you know, I will definitely have everything. I told her mom, I was like, I'm having everything changed within two years. That's all, that's all the time I'm giving her. It's already one year. You have this second year is rolling up by next summer. That'll be it. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm dealing with. You know, I've asked, can you, we had a little upstairs. We have a, a theater inside of our house. Uh, mm-hmm. and we got like gigantic pillows and we have like, this big square plush couch that seats about maybe 15 people. So you can lay all across it everywhere with these blankets. And she was picking up pillows, just throwing them at me, hitting the pillows. We was joking around. And I said, all right, you pick up all these pillows. I said, you're going to be uh, straightening up this uh, theater room tonight. She said, no, I'm not. So we're just playing. I said, oh, yes, you are. She said, no, I'm not. I said, if I tell you to, you're going to have to straighten it up. That's when I got a little serious. She said, oh, oh, no, I'm not. She said, I'm not doing this tonight. She said, not here. And then her mom steps in and says, all right, you two. All right, John. Y'all was just playing. Yeah, that happens with me and my son sometimes, too, where we're playing with something, you know, just say the pillows, for example. And then I would make the comment, too, of, well, you're going to help me clean this up. No, I'm not. And it's like, what? Well, since when did you get an option Bingo. to do stuff? When I was growing up, you knew you did what you were told or your teeth were going to get knocked down your throat. Exactly. And even when I was playing with my own grandmother, when she raised me, I, she, we were playing. I would never say, oh, no, I'm not. You know, stuff like that. Playing with her, I knew what the boundaries were. So I got scorned when I told the bio mom, like, hey, I can't believe she gonna sit there and tell me no or not well y'all two were just playing i said yes but you still have a boundary where you don't say certain things to an adult i said then when i got serious with her oh that's what you do you always play with her and then you want to get serious i said that's because 
she's always finding a way to disrespect me in the middle of what we're playing and joking with. I said, then she comes out of the mouth. Oh, I was just joking. Mm -hmm. Oh, mom, I was just playing with them. I said, you don't disrespect and talk to me that way. And then say, I was just playing. Right. You don't do that. I don't sit here and say, oh, you know, you, you know, your, your teeth are, uh, you know, your teeth, you know, your breath smell bad. <laughs> you know, you smell like garlic breath every day, every day after you brush your teeth. Oh, but I'm just playing with, you, <laughs> you know, you know, why are you walking around musty? I said, what they're going to call you musty crusty at school. <laughs> oh, but I'm just playing with you. You know, I'm just playing with you. I'm uh-huh. just playing with you. I go up in your room. It smells like a bag of uh, a bag of stunk. I was like, God, I ain't never known for no girl to smell this terrible. Oh, I'm just playing with you. You know, I'm just playing with you. I would get scorned by her mom. Oh, of course you would. Yeah, she, she's using the, the giggling and the playtime as a way to disrespect you and, and make it okay. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I've decided to put a stop sign on all the things she asks for that's big. Because she has, she, it's, it's been gone too far and it's my fault. I do claim, I even claim for stuff that's not my fault, you know, because I could have put a stop, but the sob eyes and this, you know, the, the explaining of, well, you know, this is the way we live now. So she should have such and such and such, you know, where her other friends and kids down the street have it, you know, stuff like that. I fell for that. Well, I'm not going to fall anymore. I'll be up on my own two feet for the rest of the way because she's not getting anything. Anything that she wants, needs, yeah, wants, no. I've already cut that completely down and off. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you're starting to nacho a little bit with her. Yes. Stepping back. Yes. Yes. I didn't do a little bit. I slid back. (laughs) Yeah, I slid so far back. I got a shadow in front of me, not behind me. He was was moonwalking. (laughs) There you go. And her mom is... uh, Mom is, uh, she's upset by it because she was like, you can't stand my daughter, huh? And I was like, all that I've done for her, all the love I've given her, I taught her how to ride a bike. I taught her how to whistle. I taught her how to skate and rollerblade. Mm-hmm. I've helped her with all her projects. I helped her with all with assignments. I sat down and do schoolwork with her. When she's sick, I sat up all night. She says, I've been my left. Mm-hmm. And I can't stand your daughter. I bettered your life. I bettered her life. You know, we you don't live mediocre now. You're living above, way above average now. But I don't get any, you know, I, I don't get any thanks for that. You know, we want to get one house, we got it. You want to get a, move to another house, we got it. Then you want to buy another house, I put a stop to that one. We went and bought this last house, and I was like, hey, this is it. We're not moving anymore. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't give in. I give in totally. No, I don't know too many men that will jump to one, two, to a third home with their wife and their stepdaughter. No. Just because he wants them to be in a place they really want to live in that's better and bigger and such and such. I mean, I went and got a house that's big enough for my wife's family to come visit and have a room with their own bathroom to come sleep in. Mm-hmm. And I still get my teeth kicked in my face by you and your daughter. Yeah. Well, you know, John, I actually reached out to you after I saw a post you made in a step parent group. And your post said, 
Yeah, it said stop forcing your kids on the step parent. It really makes the time awkward between them both, and the child becomes more resentful. Yes, yes, yes. Take her with you. I'm going to the store. Take her with you. I'm just going to the grocery store, which is less than two miles. I can walk there and back. Mm-hmm. It just takes two miles to get out of the neighborhood because it's gated and everything. I was like, it, I'm just, I'm just coming right back. Take her with you. You guys can bond. Mm-hmm. And it does. It forces resentment, you know, with you. And it can also force resentment with the kid if she's pushing for the kid to have a better relationship with you. And that's one thing that we teach, you know, in the Nacho Kids Academy is don't force those relationships. Let them form on their own. You have to create that bond naturally. Yes. Yes. And we had a beautiful bond and it just snapped. And now she's like, I'm going to go to the recreation center to go um, play volleyball. All right. Take her with you. I'll be back in about two, three hours. Take her with you. All right, I'm going for a walk. I'll be back in a couple hours. Take her with you. And do you think it's because she doesn't want to be with her? That's what I think. Sometimes. <laughs> I like, that's what I thought. You don't like your own daughter. <laughs> yeah. Because when she leaves to go somewhere, her, the bio mom, I was like, are you going to take with you? Why? Why do I have to take her with me? Why can't she stay here home with you? Is there a reason that I have to take her with me? I'm like, no. I got the reverse psychology on me. Like, I don't know what. And when she gets in the car with me or stay home, she just sits there and she stares out the window. Or she gets in her phone with her Bose headset and just streams through her little iPhone. Mm-hmm. You know, or FaceTimes her, her little girlfriends. There's no conversation between, you know, me and her 90% of the time, unless I'm going to the store and I have to go take her to pick up something. Right. Oh, the conversation is great. Then after you get it, boom, they're gone. Let me say one time that you have to put the dishes into the dishwasher. You don't wash dishes. Just put them into the dishwasher. Oh, their whole life is about to drop. Mm-hmm. And let her mom tell her, hey, put clean up. Wipe the counter, put the dishes in the dishwasher. Okay, mom. All right, I will. I'll do it. I'm getting ready to do it right now. Mm -hmm. I'm like, wait a minute. I just asked you to do that five minutes ago. You're not the parent. That's why. Have have you ever heard of the Nacho Kids Method before I reached out to you? No, no, I I definitely haven't. Okay. Well, let me give you a little brief rundown on our situation. I came in kind of like you with playing the role of mom, telling them to brush their teeth, help them with homework, all that good stuff. Now, they were with their mom in the beginning three days out of the week, but then that changed to 50-50 at some point. But anyway, I had the same issues you did of they wouldn't listen to me. Their dad could tell them to do something, and it was, okay, daddy. And I could say, brush your teeth, and you get the look like you had told them to go run 17 miles or something. And so we were about to split up year two. Things were bad. I mean, really, really bad. And we went to a counselor that I knew and he told me, Lori, they're not your kids. And I'm like, duh, I know how many kids I've got. But it kind of hurt my feelings because I cared about them. And I told him, I said, but I don't I don't want their teeth to fall out of their head from bad hygiene. He said, they're not your kids. And I said, I don't want them to grow up and be unproductive adults. They're not your kids. I'm not kidding. That is all he would say to me. And when we left, I was making fun of him. And I'm like, they are not your kids. And we started laughing. But that's when it hit me. (laughs) They weren't my kids. And I knew that. 
but I was creating my own misery. So when they came home from coming back from their moms, if they walked in the door and I said, hey, good to see you, you know, did you have a good time, whatever, if they ignored me, it made me mad. So yes, yes, me too. what I started doing when they came back, I did not say anything <laughs> because that eliminated that negative interaction. Yes, I started that and they think something's wrong with me. Mm-hmm. They get car. Hey, mom, how you doing, mom? So they get from their dad a switching. We would switch car, you know, if we drive instead of fly, you know, we meet halfway. And hi, how you doing? How you doing, mom? Such, such, such. Well, I had a great time. Such, everything. Didn't say anything to me. And then she, a bio mom, be like, well, you're going to say, hey, dad. Hey, dad, how you doing? Hi. Mm-hmm. I don't say nothing else. And then they look at me like I'm crazy. In that scenario, bio mom is pushing her to say hey to you, right? Yes, pushing her to give me a hug, pushing her to say thank you, mm-hmm. everything. And, you know, that could be part of that little girl's resentment, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I told her, I was like, hey, I have a bio son that really got on my nerves, didn't want to follow and do what I say do. So I told him, I said, hey, out of all of this, you know, property and everything I have going on, investments, out of all these great finances coming through for me, you will not receive anything when I'm gone because I have no problems leaving you nothing. I said, along with your stepsister. And they was like, whoa, wait a minute, your stepsister? I said, yeah, your youngest stepsister. Yes. Mm -hmm. He was like, you're not going to leave her anything either? I said, oh, yeah, she done already made that clear to me. I'm like, I'm not leaving her anything. So the bio mom got really upset. And I told her, I do not care because I am not going to give glory to someone that always wants to give me help. Mm -hmm. Now, I do want to encourage you, check out the Nacho Kids website. Okay, I will. I will today. Read some of the blogs, and I I can send you some links to some of the blogs, too. Now, granted, some of them are written for, like, the stepmoms, but just replace yourself, you know, put in the stepdad. And it's mainly because we have more stepmoms that are willing to share their struggles. And not that saying that men don't go through them. It's just it's so hard to get men on here to talk about these things. And I really do feel like if you can step back from some of the things that you're dealing with with stepdaughter and your wife as a result of stepdaughter, then you can have that time to heal. And then you can rebuild a relationship with her that's not based off of you giving her things. Yeah, I definitely uh, would would love that because that's what it's all, you know, it's starting to feel like, you know, as revealing okay, you know, I'm nobody until I'm giving something. And I'm like, that's, uh, that's terrible. Right. Yeah. And you, and you feel used. Well, right now it sounds, it sounds like all three of the people in the relationship here, you and, and your wife and your stepdaughter, you all have some resentment that you need to deal with. And, and it's different. Like your resentment is different than stepdaughters and is different than, than moms, mm-hmm. but it but it sounds like you all have resentments for different things that's going on, and the resentment comes out. For example, it's it's not necessarily you buying something for the stepdaughter that you resent. It's what it represents to you mm-hmm. that you don't like. Yeah. Oh yeah. And two, everybody struggles in the blend, but it's going to be harder if these relationships are forced. You made a comment about her calling you dad. Stepdaughter calls you dad? 
Yes. You know, sometimes she just won't say the word. She'll just start the conversation. Mm -hmm. Is that something that mom makes her call you or is that just something she started on her own? Well, she was small. She started when she was, you know, just nine, small. Mm -hmm. But her mom, her mom does push it because her mom say, dad, dad, dad. Remember dad did dad, dad, dad. And I'd be like, sometimes I wish you would just give me. Yeah, it sounds like to me, and and I'm not trying to put words in your mouth or your wife's mouth. Are y'all married? We're married. Okay, because I was going to say, I'm sorry, I've been calling her your wife the whole time if you're not married. But We've been married uh, three years. It sounds like she is trying to push really, really hard for this nuclear family out of a blended family. And all of us have done it. We're, We're not being judgmental. But once a bio parent or even a step parent lets go of that desire and that determination to make this a nuclear family, life gets easier because it's not a nuclear family. She can't just dismiss dad and replace him with you, even no matter how much she wants to. She can't. No, I think, yeah, but I think some of this comes from a previous marriage and they had a stepfather, you know, and the stepfather was treated badly and i guess they thought they was going to do me the same way too and i had to put my foot down earlier you know like to the older daughter we're not going to do and act like this because this is this is not going to happen mm-hmm. so you're the second stepdad that they've had yes okay and i'm the one that won't take no junk that's the thing <laughs> and they're used to somebody taking junk absolutely Absolutely. They're used to get away with side mouth and stuff. And I won't do it. I'm ex-military. I have two boys I raised to put in the military. You will not. You just won't. You just won't do it. I'm, I have zero tolerance for it. Mm-hmm. And now with this situation with the little girl, you know, it's, it's, it's beginning to be a hassle because I stepped into a, I call it a broken family. I stepped into it, not knowing what it was until way later that all of the commotion was going on between bio dad, bio mom, ex step dad, you know, stuff like that. And I'm like, whoa, how did I adopt all of this? Why you guys treat me this way? Because you went through all of this stuff with someone else. I didn't do this. Mm-hmm. Why are you, you know, why are you bringing this to me? The same reason we bring that baggage into our relationships. You know, David and I both had relationships where the other person wasn't very trustworthy. And so there's trust issues. But we brought that into this relationship. Yeah. You carry your baggage with you. Yes, yes. And the bio mom, sometimes she uh, would say things to me that you shouldn't say in front of a child. So the child, you know, the bio the bio mom says all kinds of stuff and the stepdaughter thinks that, oh, okay, you know, she lost all respect for me mm-hmm. as well. Yes, exactly. Well, I really do hope that you check out the Nacho Kids stuff and look into the Nacho Kids Academy, too, if you're interested. Okay. It's basically some somewhere that we can help you walk through the process. Not saying you can't do it on your own. It's just easier, you know, of course, when you've got people helping you. Understood, yeah. And we have 20-something video courses, like when the bio parent won't parent, guilty parent syndrome. Then we have an anonymous community where it's, you know, like a community forum yeah. that nobody knows who you are. And then we have two Q&A coaching calls a month. 
And we also have a Nacho Kids Boot Camp and a Change Your Stinking Thinking Challenge and a Self-Love Challenge. So there's a lot there. But I really think that you're on a good path with stepping back. But I still think that that resentment's there and we need to get you to heal from that resentment too. Yeah. That, and we need, we need a bio mom to, to see that when you're, when you start making these changes, even though she doesn't agree with the changes because it does initially feel weird. Like you're you stepping know, you're, out. Yeah. You're kind of backing away from the, from everybody's in, in the home. It does feel weird, but if you, if you let it work, then she'll start seeing a positive change. And then at some point you can start moving back into a relationship with that stepdaughter and things will be better because you've given yourself time to heal. She has time to heal. The resentment is less and people aren't being forced to try to like each other or forced to try to have some certain relationship that somebody else really wants them to have. Mm -hmm. Yes. And there's actually a blog that I wrote, Benefits of the Step Parent Stepping Back, and it's for the bio parent. So you could use that to talk to your wife and say, look, I want us to have a good, healthy family relationship. And in order to do so, I think that doing this nacho thing or whatever you want to call it would help because it will help me build a proper relationship with the daughter. It'll help the bio mom, your wife, not be stuck in the middle with who is she going to say yes to and who is she going to say no to because it's going to piss somebody off. Yeah, and I've asked to go to therapy, and oh my goodness, like me lighting a torch, you know, to gasoline. Mm-hmm. I hate to hear that, though. I, I really do, because I guess I'm thankful that David and I were both open to going to see Mr. Butler that day. We were at wit's end. We didn't know what else to do. It was a last-ditch hope to save our marriage. And so I'm so glad that we went, and it changed our lives. Yeah. I hope something turns in, because I've... I've uh, the person I always talked to was my uh, grandmother who raised me and, you know, she passed away years ago. And that was my outlet and my wisdom and my give it another try lady. Mm-hmm. But um, it is testing the marriage. And I told them, I was like, hey, this is this is getting very thin. Mm-hmm. Um, do not. I've said several times, I'm not going to live like this the rest of my life. I said, I'm 52 years old. And life is supposed to be great the way I'm living. And I'm supposed to go out and do things and be able to have a beautiful, happy life with my family and everything without feeling miserable. Every day I wake up and sticking myself inside my office in the house all day, all evening, just so I can be away from them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man, I get it. David and I talk about how... Things were so bad with us, nobody wanted to come home. And I remember at one point I asked David if he wished I would die. And I know that sounds dramatic, but that's how I felt. Yeah. And everybody was miserable. But a couple of things. I don't want you to give up, okay? You obviously love this woman. I Don't let divorce be an option, okay? In your mind, do not let... Do not let it be an option. Separation, not an option. Because if you've got one foot out the door, you can't be all in on trying to make it work. That's true. That's true. I just might have to take a business trip for about a week somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you might have to do that. And it's going to take time and it's going to take some changes, changes that you may not want to make. 
changes that are hard for you to make. Like you sound like the kind of person that you enjoy buying the stepdaughter things. So for you to not do those things, it's harder for you to not do it than it is to do it. Yes, because I get to enjoy some of the stuff with her, you know, the things that I get her. And it's like she doesn't want me to have anything to do with her sometimes unless she feels like she can benefit from it. Mm-hmm. And I get tired of that. And I can't say anything because it is not my child. So I can't express on it. Right. My concern or my disagreement with what's going on mm-hmm. because it starts flaming fire with the bio mom. Right. Yeah. The number one rule of nachoing is to say nothing negative to or about the stepkid. Oh, yeah. I don't say, you know. Yep. Don't say anything negative. Don't say anything negative. I can't even say what I don't like, what she doesn't do. I just sit there and just let it anticipate. And then the bio mom will actually discipline her when it happens to the bio mom or she gets fed up with it and things collect. Of course. That's the only time she would get disciplined. Because, and I was talking to a lady earlier today, we were doing a podcast recording. The bio parent has to feel the pain. There's no changes if the bio parent doesn't feel the pain. So for instance, if I'm mad that the kids aren't doing the dishes, but I'm always doing the dishes, David's feeling a little bit of pain because I'm complaining, but he's not the one doing the dishes. So if I stop doing them and he has to constantly clean up after his kids, then all of a sudden it's a game changer. So, yeah, I mean, of course, when we feel the pain, we make changes or we react to where it's going to benefit us in the future. Oh, yeah. Yeah, John, and if if your wife can be, uh, maybe not initially, uh, but if if she wants to be part of the process you're going through where she can kind of understand what she can do to help, because there's certainly there's things that she's doing that can be improved upon. And, and things that she's not doing that can be improved upon. And, and, you know, a lot of what you're saying, not only do we see this all the time, and so we know how to handle it, but a lot of it sounds a lot like our own story. So we've lived it. Mm-hmm. So we know exactly how you got there and, you know, and we know how to get you out. Um, but it, it's, um, it's not easy. You know, you said you're three years in and you probably took, the whole three years you've been digging this hole, you both you both have, you don't realize it because you, you're going down this path thinking you're doing everything right. And then one day you wake up and you're like, dude, none, none of this is working. And a big mistake that we often make is we is people are like, well, just keep doing it. Just keep going. And I'm like, doing, doing the same thing wrong more doesn't make it right. True, true. You know, if I'm going, if I'm driving the wrong direction, driving faster doesn't get me where I'm going. (laughs) I'm still going the wrong way. Right. That's true. That's true. But I'm going to uh, do the, uh, some, I'm going to definitely uh, look on your site. Yeah. Check out the the podcast itself because I'm I'm telling you, you're going to hear other people, even women, and they're going to tell their situation and you're going to be like, that sounds exactly like what I'm going through. (laughs) Mm hmm. Um, it's, it's amazing when, once people start talking with other people that are, you know, step families and having problems, a lot of times they're like, wow, um, I'm not the only one. And just that in itself makes you feel good because oftentimes you feel like you're alone in the world and you're going through things that other people don't understand. Yeah. And you're trying to figure out how can I, 
how can I address this problem that nobody else seems to have? But there are tons of people who have them. Mm-hmm. And and there are people that have figured out what works. And so hopefully you can you can find those things and and save your and save your relationship because certainly going the way it's going is not going to be good. Yeah. We appreciate you being a guest and sharing your story with us. You got any questions before we wrap up? No, ma'am. I believe me, you opened my eyes to a couple of things that uh that I should have known myself. So this is uh this definitely uh has been a benefit to me, that's for sure. I'm so glad. And a lot of the things we feel like we should know, and it just takes somebody else saying it sometimes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm telling you, I feel like when we left that counseling session, I was like, I swear this is the same stuff I told her. And she listened to him and was like, oh, my gosh, this is so revealing. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. you, you know, if David would have said, you need to step back, those are not your kids, it would not have went well. I can tell you that. So. But, John, we cannot thank you enough for being a guest and sharing your story. And we hope to talk to you soon and see how things are going and get an update on how your blend is going. Yep. Okay. All right. Most definitely give an update. I appreciate it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. You guys have a beautiful evening. I wrote a blog the other day. Good. I know. It's been a long time. (laughs) Telling you, I've got to get refocused. Well, you got your own office now. Yeah, I know. Yeah, watch out. The content's getting ready to flood. I expect to see more productivity. You better not expect nothing. (laughs) You lower your expectations. I didn't. They already had the floor. Anymore now, I have to tear up the baseboard. I'm about to throw you through the window. (laughs) You're so annoying sometimes. And yes, you can nacho your husband. (laughs) I don't care what Sylvia Krakauer says, even though she gives you scholarships. (laughs) (laughs) Well, to, to her... Credit though, she's never been married to me. Yes. So she would change her view. Well, and again, <laughs> not showing is not completely ignoring you. No. It's just ignoring you while you're annoying, which is 98.3% of the time. Oh, I got to raise. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to raise my foot up your. Okay. So I'm glad you edited that out. <laughs> I was going to say booty. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I wrote this blog about Halloween. Because with Halloween comes the other holidays. Some scary stuff. And I was thinking when I wrote the blog that we've got Halloween, and then before you know it, it's Thanksgiving, then Christmas, then New Year's. And that's a very stressful time. And then Valentine's Day. Well, hang on. But I thought about this. People outside of the United States don't celebrate Thanksgiving. Not our Thanksgiving. Hmm. Well, so their blended families or their blends should be less stressful than American blends. Yeah, you got one less holiday to worry about. But I do think there's like Thanksgiving days like in Canada and stuff. I don't know. Well, a lot of it, too, is because there's all this back and forth that has to happen. Yes. You know, especially with Halloween because it's one day. And it, most court orders do not include Halloween as a holiday. Yeah, that's true. Mine did not. Yep. So there was a time that my sweet baby boy wasn't with me on Halloween. Oh, my goodness. But you know what? What? It's like I said in the blog. There are fall festivals you can take those youngins to every weekend in October. That's true. Yep. I think all these things need to be step family. Um, what's the word? Friendly. Exactly. They should be step family friendly, meaning you should have two Halloweens, <laughs> two Thanksgivings, and two Christmases. <laughs> yeah, because it really sucks at Thanksgiving 
we eat at your mom's and then Jackson has to turn around and go to his dad's. Mm-hmm. And so you don't even get to relax after you eat. It's almost like, oh, hurry up and eat. We got to go. Well, that's like Christmas a lot of times. It, you know, you, you've got the kids from Christmas morning until two and then I get them from two to, you know, that night or the next day or whatever. So, you know, we would always do Christmas, Christmas Eve night. And that way, you know, depending on what was going on Christmas Day, but still the kids, you know, you get all this stuff and you're excited. And the next thing you know, you got to, you know, put everything down, go to another place. Cause, you know, most people are like us. You're like, you're not taking that over to someone. <laughs> It'll never come back. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, and then they have to wait a week to play with it. That's why we would move the day of Christmas. <laughs> yeah. We've had Christmas a week before, a couple of days after, just whatever suited to have everybody. Place. Yeah, I try to get it. I try to get us as a family to move it to January. You yeah, <laughs> that's because he's thinking he'll save money that way somehow. Yeah, he had the January sales. Yeah, everything goes on sale the day after Christmas. Well, I just realized I left something out of my Halloween blog that I've got to go back and add. All right, well, you better go get to it. Okay, bye. I'm kidding. <laughs> we came up with a tradition after David and I got married. We would hook the four wheeler up to a trailer atv for those of you (laughs) all the kids would pile up prior to doing that the pumpkins that they had picked out would be hidden in the woods yeah so it was like easter egg hunting in the dark but for pumpkins yep call it the great pumpkin hunt papa or jamie would always hide in the woods and scare the kids yep well we'd always give the kids like these little flashlights that barely worked. Yeah. You know, you go to your dollar store and you pick up the cheapest crappy flashlight you can because you don't want it bright. And put old batteries in. <laughs> and so they're running around in the dark trying to find these pumpkins and you know, sometimes I hit them a little too well. It's you know how hard it is to get a pumpkin up in a tree. <laughs> <laughs> well, we would bring the pumpkins back after everybody found theirs. And, of course, we did not want these children to have knives because we did not want to spend that night in the ER. Yeah, so no pumpkin carving happened. Right. So we painted the pumpkins. I would get the glitter paints and the eyeballs and all that crap from the dollar store, and we had fun. Yeah, the kids enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. And And then come Thanksgiving, we demolished them in various ways. Yep. So that was our, our two biggest... Uh, events that we created for our family was the the pumpkin hunt, which I don't even know how I came up with that, but I don't know anybody else that does it. So feel free to institute this in your family. It's mm-hmm. it's a blast. So if you got somewhere you can do it, it's fun. And then for for Thanksgiving, that's the thing they loved about it. You know, the pumpkins would start getting kind of nasty by then, and we'd take them outside. And you know, one year we had little go karts, and so we'd run over them with the go karts and. <laughs> you remember that year I got airborne when I hit my pumpkin yeah. and it knocked the brakes out on a go-kart and I almost hit the tree. Yeah, I remember that. And I was in my robe. Yep. I've got a picture of it somewhere. If I can find it, I'll put it in the show notes. Yep. We'd take them, we'd beat them with baseball bats or shoot them or throw them or do something, but just destroy the pumpkins. Put If we had fireworks left over, we'd put fireworks in and blow them up. Mm-hmm. And then never failed, come... I don't know if you would call it spring, but I guess springtime, we would start getting these vines all in the yard. <laughs> you start having pumpkins growing. <laughs> and Jackson would say, we should have our own pumpkin farm and we can have blow up inflatables for kids to play on and sell them popcorn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sounds like a great idea. My little entrepreneur. We'll call it the blended family pumpkin patch. 
Well, let's talk about the pumpkin patch we went to. Okay. Oh, let's save that for closer. Okay. Okay. We'll try to remember it. <laughs> All right. Well, join us next week. We'll talk about the pumpkin patch. Maybe next week. Might wait till the next week. <laughs> All right, folks. That is our show for today. Thanks for listening. Be sure to share us and listen. And give us five stars. That's right. Leave us reviews. Yeah. And go to Instagram and find the post where we talk about the t-shirt contest. I thought you said something else for a second. What? <laughs> anyway, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Take care. That's not how you end. Oh. <laughs> and remember, life is good. <laughs> when you nacho. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Nacho Kids podcast. Find us online at nachokids.com. Until next time, remember, life is good when you nacho.